share with you today a message that I call Seeing Others Through the Eyes of God. And I want to grab this out of Matthew chapter 1. And I pray, I pray that this becomes the cry of our heart in the coming year. And that it really changes how we view other people. It says in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the honor it is to share your word with all of these awesome people out here today. God, I pray that you would anoint me, Lord, to share and speak from the Spirit. And I pray that you would anoint them to hear and receive in the Spirit, God. We pray for conviction and revelation in our lives. We pray that the light would come on so that we would see the truth and we could live according to the truth, Father. We thank you for your word, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. If you notice something in the story, Joseph's opinion about Mary changed. Just in this little passage of Scripture, Joseph's opinion about Mary went from one direction to the other. His treatment of Mary changed. Joseph's plans with Mary changed. The circumstances were exactly the same. In fact, nothing was any different. The only thing that changed was the way Joseph saw Mary. He viewed her differently, and it changed everything. And I want to tell you today that when you see people through the eyes of God, when you see them differently than you've been seeing them, everything will change. Your approach with them will change. Your view of them will change. How you treat them will change. Your plans with them will change. When you see people the way God sees people. He had gotten a glimpse of Mary through the eyes of God, and it changed everything. At first, he had seen Mary in the flesh, but he fell asleep and he had a dream, and God gave him a revelation of Mary's life. If you remember last week, I spoke about how that none of us can really know Jesus until the Holy Spirit gives us a revelation. He has to open up our spirits and turn the light on so that we can see. Yeah, you can intellectually understand things, but you can't really know until you receive revelation, conviction. And that is when the Holy Spirit turns the light on in your life and you begin to see things in the reality as they are in the spirit realm. You see, Joseph saw Mary in the flesh until he had a dream. 
And the angel of the Lord spoke to him and he began to see Mary in the spirit. He began to see her the way she really was. And it changed everything about their relationship and how he proceeded forward with that. And today I want to talk to you about the importance and the power of seeing others through the eyes of God. How that it will transform not only other people's lives, which is the most important thing, but it will transform your life. Let me just throw this out there to you. Some of you are carrying a weight on your shoulders and you don't even know it. It is the weight of constantly being jealous of, embittered by, angry towards, ambivalent towards other people. It's a burden to feel that and to carry that, to always be looking at people and finding their faults and talking bad about them and seeing the worst in them and expecting the worst in them. And there's a better way. And let me tell you something. God is not asking us to view people through his eyes. He's commanding us to. He's demanding of us that we look at people the way he looks at people and treat people the way he treats people. I want to share with you today how that viewing people the way God does and treating people the way God does will change everything. If we love people, if we're going to lead them to Jesus, if we're going to help people become everything that God wants them to become, then we've got to start by seeing them the way God sees them. We can't look at people in the flesh and see people in the eyes of the natural and expect God to transform their lives through our ministry and through our church and through our lives. They have to look inside of our eyes and see themselves differently than they see themselves in other people's eyes. We must stop looking through the eyes of the flesh and we must must get a revelation of people. We must get the light turned on in our spirit and begin to see them the way they are truly seen by God through the eyes of God. If you look at the story, uh, Joseph viewed Mary through the eyes of the flesh at first. Now, here he was, he was betrothed to her. And, and, and it's, in, in those days, it's different. You didn't get married and then just go straight to the honeymoon. Marriages were arranged and, and contracts were set up and, and there was a price paid for the bride. And there was a period of time between all of that taking place and the time in which two people would come together and be intimate with one another. And so uh, we're in this time here, in between the time that they were uh, betrothed to be husband and wife and actually became intimate with one another. And so he found out that she was pregnant. She was with child. And and his first thought is, well, it wasn't me. So it's got to be another man. He was looking through the eyes of the flesh. And so he thought she had done something wrong. He didn't know the truth. And so he treated her accordingly. The Bible says that he was a good man, an honest man, a just man. He didn't want to embarrass her or put her to shame. So he was going to privately divorce her. Now that sounds noble and that's good. The only problem is he's functioning on bad information. He's treating Mary according to the flesh and not according to the spirit. He doesn't see everything. Can I tell you something today? A lot of us are looking at other people that way and we're not treating them according to the spirit where truth is. We're treating them according to what we see with our eyes and sense with our flesh, what we hear in the gossip world about others and we treat them that way. He wanted to put her away privately. He was going to see her through the eyes of the flesh and treat her that way. 
but then he had a dream and everything changed. His perspective completely changed. Now remember, nothing about Mary changed. Everything was the same. What changed was that Joseph began to see her differently. I hope you're getting this today. I hope you're getting this today. Joseph's perspective changed. Now he saw in the spirit realm and he saw the truth. He saw the truth. Let me tell you something by the spirit of God today. When you look at people, there is always more there than you can see with the eyes of the flesh. There is always more there, and it's going to take spiritual eyes to see it. It's going to take determination to see it. It's going to take love to see it. He saw the truth, and he treated her according to the truth. He saw that she hadn't cheated on him. She hadn't been with another man, that there was something miraculous going on, and he took her as his wife, and he didn't even touch her. He wasn't intimate with her until Jesus was born, and he obeyed the command of the angel of the Lord, and he named him Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen today. God wants you to see people the way Joseph saw Mary after his dream through the eyes of God, to change the way you treat people because you know something different about them. The circumstances of their lives were the same, but Joseph had received revelation. Oh, that God would give us revelation. Revelation. He would show us the truth about our spouses and our children, that he would show us what he sees about our neighbors and the people at work, that he would let us see people the way he sees people. And I want to tell you something. When you ask God to show you the truth, he will show you the truth. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Everything changed. You and I must make the choice to change the way we view people. I pray that today, that this coming week, you get up in the morning and you ask God, Lord, help me to see my friends, my family, my coworkers, my, the, the members of my community. Help me to see them the way you see them. Help me to treat them according to the way you see them. Help me, Lord, to represent your vision of their life. Thank you, Lord. Now, every one of us have heard testimonies of people, perhaps in jail, who tell the stories of how all of their life they were told they were going to end up in jail. They saw their future through the eyes of parents and family members and teachers that prophesied a bad outcome for them. They saw themselves through the eyes of others and what they saw came about. And then we've heard testimonies of people who grew up in situations where their family members told them that they were going to be successful, that they could do anything they, that, that God wanted them to do, that they could accomplish things if they worked hard and, and they could uh, get back up when they fell down. And, and these people uh, are success stories because they saw in the eyes of others what they could be and they became that person. Do you see how important it is? That people look in your eyes and see themselves not as they are, but as they could be. Glory to God. I want to read you a scripture that's really going to help, I believe, tie this down for you in, in the word. And I want you to go to this scripture often and begin to see and understand what God is saying. Because we like, uh, it's in 2 Corinthians and it's 5.16. Now we like 5.17. We're new creatures in Christ uh, that's in verse 17, but verse 16 tells us something very important. This whole setup is uh, talking about how that when you become an, a born-again believer, things change in your life. Your, 
the way you live and act and perceive and all of that changes. You, you live according to the Spirit. You walk according to the Spirit. And now it says, watch this, from now on, therefore. Notice what he's saying here. He's saying, after you've been born again, there must be a change. And he's going to tell us what the change is. From now on, therefore, we regard no one. Let me say that again. We regard no one according to the flesh. What does he mean by the flesh? Well, the flesh is the, the earthly part of us. It is, it is the part of us that relates to the world. It is, of course, our bodies, the way we look and all of that. But it's also our minds and our emotions and our our personality and our conscience, anything that another human can interact with you here on planet earth is a part of the flesh of a human being. And, and you could say the natural, we regard no one anymore according to the natural realm or the fleshly realm. What in the world does that mean? For even though we once regarded Christ this way, according to the flesh, yes, they once knew Christ only as the man the guy, he had a face, he had a body. They could talk to him. They could hear his voice. They could listen to his counsel. They could relate to him in the flesh. They only related to him that way, yet we regard him this way no longer. What do they mean? He means that Christ to us is not just a guy who once lived, but we re relate to him in the spirit realm. He is spirit to us. He is living inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our spirits and Christ are one. We are united with him in the spirit realm where once we were dead in our trespasses and sin. Just imagine a line and above the line is planet earth. It's, it's what everybody understands and knows as we walk above the line on planet earth. But beneath that is the spirit realm where God exists, where he wants to relate to you and, and give you all these wonderful things. And, and what is in the spirit realm is more real, more powerful than anything in the natural realm. Well, we can't relate to God when we're dead in our trespasses and sin. All of us relate just above the line until we're born again. And then all of a sudden, this part of us becomes alive and we begin to perceive spiritual things and understand spiritual things. That's why Paul says, once we've been born again, we no longer regard people according to the flesh, but we regard them according to the spirit. What does he mean? What is he talking about here? How do you regard someone according to the flesh? How do you look at someone through the eyes of the flesh? Well, when you look at people through the eyes of the flesh, what you see is limitations and lack. You look and you see that they are not all that they claim to be. Can we just be honest? We always put our best foot forward. You know, when you get up in the morning and, and you look in the mirror and you're ready to face the world, you fix yourself up and you look your best. You put your best clothes on. When, when you go shopping and you try on clothes, you're not trying to find clothes that look stupid and terrible. You, you find clothes that make you look good, that slim you and make you look nice. And you comb your hair and have it cut in a way that makes you look nice because you're trying to give the, the, the world a vision of your best. And, you know, when you sit down and you make a Facebook profile uh, and, and they ask you all sorts of questions, you don't start listing all the faults and failures you have. You don't start listing your lack of education and your lack of job experience, you start listing all of the positive things you have. But you know, once you start to get to know someone and uh, uh, you start to see what they look like when they wake up in the morning, come on, 
and you start to uh, get close enough to find out that they're not always nice and not always kind and they're not always good, you start to see their shortfallings in their life. You start to see that they're not perfect. Hmm? You start to see that they've got some limitations in their life and, and you start to realize that they're not all that in a bag of chips, that they're not everything that they had put forward to you. When you see through the eyes of the flesh, you start to see sin. Yeah, that's right. You start to realize that even the best Christians, even the most wonderful Christians that you look up to and, and admire are going to let you down. You're going to see faults and failures if you're around anybody long enough. You will hear them say things they shouldn't say. You will watch them do things they shouldn't do. You, you will experience a part of them where they fall short of the glory of God. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. And, and we start to see the sins of others. And, and we see sins, not only sins, but mistakes. Maybe things that aren't necessarily against the word of God, but they just fell flat on their face. They missed it. They missed the mark. They fell flat on their face. We see failures. They tried and it didn't work out. They gave their best effort, but they, they couldn't get it done. You know, when you're looking through the eyes of the flesh, what you see is limitations, lack, sin, failures, faults, because what you're seeing is human beings. And all of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us are living in a world that, man, without God, life is bigger than us and it beats us up and we're not able on our own to accomplish anything great in our lives. Yes. All of us fall in this category. All of us need help. But you know, it's, it's usually uh, normal for us to look at our own lives and forgive our mistakes and, and to think uh, uh, more of ourselves than others do. We, we, we look at other people and we, we, we focus on the mistakes. They could do uh, 99 things right, but we are determined to dwell on the one thing they did wrong. Because when you look with the eyes of the flesh, what you see are the faults and the failures and the shortcomings and the mistakes. And the natural response to that is to treat them through the eyes of the flesh, to treat them accordingly. So here's one of the things we do. We classify people as either good or bad, and sometimes we classify them somewhere in between. Uh, someone's either terrible or they're really good and a really wonderful person, or they're somewhere in between. We classify them and then we gossip about them. We think thoughts and we talk things about them. We, we talk to, about other people. Sometimes we talk badly about other people because we like to uh, measure ourselves against others. And it makes us feel good. If everyone else is screwed up, well, then I'm not so bad after all. Come on. You see, when you live according to the flesh, you will classify people. You'll gossip about them. You'll think poorly of them. And here's the, the kicker. You will put them away. That's what the Bible says that Joseph was going to do when he saw only with the eyes of the flesh, he was determined to put Mary away. Now he was going to put her away privately because he was a, he was a nice guy. But some of you today, you're busy putting people away publicly. You enjoy shaming others and you enjoy finding faults and you enjoy uh, digging up the past and, and exposing the things people do wrong. And you like to put it out there on social media. You're interested in exposing the faults and failures of others, but you've got a big problem when you do that. You see, God is going to expose your faults and failures too, if you're not careful. 
That's why Jesus said, don't judge because the same manner you judge others, God is going to judge you. You know, when you throw that rock, it's, it's not really a rock. It's a boomerang. It's coming back and it's going to smack you in the head because you are no better than the ones that you're criticizing. Can I tell you today, we've got a big problem in the world. There's a lot of talk, even from preachers who are continually talking about getting rid of the toxic people in their life, getting rid of the toxic people in their life. It's, it's gets to a point where there's some folks that I wonder, do you have any people left in your life? You're so concerned with getting rid of the toxic people in your life. Is there anybody else for you to love on? Is there anybody else for you to minister to? I'm 53 years old and I've been in church all my life. I've been in ministry, which means I've had thousands and thousands of people come through my life. And I have only a handful, maybe five or six toxic people that I really needed to separate myself from. Only five. Some of you have five a month. You're just continually picking people and you don't like what they do or what they say or how they treat you and you consider them toxic and you put them away, whether it's privately or publicly, but you're treating them according to the flesh. Oh, I'm so glad that God didn't treat me according to the flesh. I'm glad he didn't look at my sin and, and the failures I've done and, and the sin that I've committed and treat me accordingly and put me away and send me off away from his presence. I'm glad God didn't see me as toxic. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see, God wants us to stop seeing people with the eyes of the flesh. Start treating, stop treating people according to the flesh and start seeing people through the eyes of the Spirit. Start seeing them the way God sees them. What you see when you see through the eyes of the Spirit is this, their limitations are simply opportunities for growth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, when you start seeing limitations, what you see is a space in their life for God to come in. Yeah, they don't talk very well publicly. You know what? That's an opportunity for God to come in and God to help them grow and become everything that they need to be. You know, they're not faithful on their job. They don't show up like they should. They're not disciplined. Well, that's an opportunity for God to do a work in their life. You see, when you see through the eyes of the Spirit, instead of seeing the limitations they have, you see the opportunities for God to help them grow. Oh, somebody better amen me out there today day. Glory to God. When you see through the eyes of the spirit, it's not that you're not aware of their sins and failures, but their sins are simply a future testimony. <laughs> Glory to God. Yes. Some of you today, you have a loved one who is in the midst of the most terrible, ungodly sin. They're, they're abusing drugs. They're abusing alcohol. They're cheating on their spouse. They're abusing their kids. They're abandoning their family. They're doing the worst of the worst. And the flesh would want to classify them as bad and cut them out of your life as a toxic person. But I came to tell you today, when you see through the eyes of the spirit, you know, there's a possibility that if God ever got in them, the sin that they're in today is simply the testimony they will have tomorrow. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
When you see through the eyes of the Spirit, mistakes and failures are just an opportunity for God to help people grow. That He's going to use those failures and mistakes to, to give them lessons and information to grow. When you see through the eyes of the Spirit, weakness becomes an opportunity for God to be their strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul said it this way, Oh, I glory in my weakness because I know that when I'm weak, God is strong. When I'm weak, I have to rely on Him. I have to trust in Him and He becomes my strength. Can I tell you today, I would much rather it not be myelin, but it be God that you see. I would much rather it not be me that you experience, but the God within me that you experience in my life. Hallelujah. I would much rather you hear the Spirit of God speaking through me that He is my strength. He is my source. He is my anointing. He is my power. I would rather you hear from God than hear from me. Glory to His name. When you see through the eyes of the Spirit, it changes the response that you have to the people around you. All of a sudden, you stop seeing all of the faults and failures and limitations and lack, and you start seeing possibilities. You start seeing what they could be if God ever got a hold of their life. Think about this. Joseph saw Mary through the eyes of the Spirit. And what did he see? He saw that what was in her was not of another man. It was God in her. Did you hear me today? What he saw was God in her. Now here's the key. When you start seeing people and noticing not who they are and not what's in them now, but what they could be if God ever got inside of their lives. Oh, can I tell you something? I still believe in the old-fashioned power of salvation that changes people's lives. You are not who you once were. I believe you go from dead to being alive in the Spirit. I believe you are born again. I believe that you receive a new nature, that the old man that you used to be, has been crucified with Christ and he no longer lives. But now you live by faith in the Son of God. I believe in the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to change people's lives. And when you look at others, what you ought to see is not who they are, but who they could be if God ever got inside of their lives. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so you refuse to classify them as good or bad. You know, when you look through the eyes of the Spirit, really there's only two classifications. Dead or alive. Not born again or born again. Those who desperately need Christ to save them and those who are saved. There's really only two ways to view people. Yes, we as Christians need to grow in the Lord. Yes, and people, we can help people grow in the Lord. But when we're looking, the first thing we see is, are they dead or alive? Listen, you should expect more from God's children than you do the people of the world. That we're not perfect. Christians don't always do everything right. Of course not. But there should be a change. There should be a transformation. There should be evidence of the Spirit of God who lives within you. And if there's not, there's a problem. And we look at people. When you look at people and you know they're not saved and you know they're not born again, you can't expect them to respond to spiritual things. You can't expect them to react spiritually and you have to treat them according to the spirit realm. You don't classify them as good or bad. Let me tell you why. Because Jesus said there's none good but God. That all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
and that the only reason any of us are counted righteous and good in the sight of God is because Jesus gave us his righteousness that he earned. He took my sin and gave me his righteousness. Glory be to God. So I don't think of people as good or bad. I think of people as needing Jesus. If you don't know him, you need him. If you know him, you need more of him. Glory to God. We must learn to speak positively about people. I hope your mama told you if you don't have nothing nice to say, shut your face. Uh, maybe she didn't say it that way, but I'm going to. If we don't have something, God help me. God help me. If I don't have something nice to say, I ought to just shut up. I ought to shut up. Oh, Jesus. Now listen, I'm not talking about lying. I'm not talking about not seeing people's true mistakes and noticing their sins and failures. You might even be the one that God uses to help them recognize those things and become better. I'm not talking about lying. I'm talking about the spiritual ability to see the possibilities and the good in people that God sees. You know, I preached a, a lot of funerals in my life and there's a saying, uh, you know, live in such a way that the the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. And, and that's kind of clever, but I want to tell you the truth. It's not that preachers lie at funerals. It's that they speak of people the way God sees them. They're not there to dwell on their mistakes and failures. They're there to talk about them the way God views them, like a parent who knows all the faults and failures and knows the shortcomings, but loves them and sees the best in them. Hallelujah. That's what God wants us to do. Find something positive and dwell on that. Find something good and dwell on that. Oh, the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody today. Here's an important one. Don't put them away. Yeah, you may run across some toxic people in your life that you need to separate yourself from, but they don't come once a week and they don't come once a month. And if you're so weak as a Christian that you can't handle some people that cause problems, well, I hate to tell you this, but there's a deserted island somewhere with your name on it because that's how you're going to end up because people bring problems. Can I tell you a secret? You're one of the people that brings problems. So am I. We bring problems to others. Relationships are, are messy. People's lives are messy. And it's not your place to cut people out of your lives every time they cause a problem. Don't put them away. Pray for them. Oh, glory to God. Can I tell you something about prayer? Some of you don't know the power of prayer. You don't get it. You see, if, if we believe prayer actually changes things, like we say we do, then it must be true that if we don't pray, things that could have changed for the better aren't going to change. You need to think about how much you don't pray for others as much as you think about how much you do pray for others. Did you catch that? You need to think about how much you don't pray for others because every time we don't pray, things could have gotten better, but they don't. Oh, God has empowered you to pray. Now, I know a lot of you, we start to treat people according to the flesh and they have problems and sins and maybe we love them. We want to dig into their lives and make them behave. We want to uh, confront and, and we want to uh, chew them out and we want to threaten them and all of this stuff. And listen, 
There's a time for that. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. And it's usually done by love and very rarely is that needed to be done. What I have found is more than Milan confronting people, the Holy Spirit doing a work in them. Your prayers can change them without you ever saying a word. Did you hear me? Your prayers can change situations without you ever saying a word. Don't put them away. Pray for them and love them. This is the key right here. It's all because we love them. If you don't really love people, you're not going to do this because this takes work. This takes ignoring things that would irritate your flesh. This, take, this takes forgiving people for hurting you. This takes not letting what they said about you bother you. This takes their, their behavior, their self-destructive behavior that you just like to not even deal with it, but you deal with it because you love them. If you don't love them, you won't do this. You won't see them through the eyes of God. But if you love people... You'll take the time and the effort to look at them the way God does and treat them the way God does. And the truth is, if we don't love people, how can we say that we have God's love in us? For God is love. How can we say that we don't have time for our brother and say we love God and love our neighbor as ourselves? How can we? We must be motivated by love. You see, when we see others through the eyes of God, what we're seeing is not who they are, but who they could be. What we're seeing is who they could be. We're not seeing them through the eyes of the flesh. We're seeing them through the eyes of God. And let me tell you why that's important. Because some people, some people will never become who God wants them to become unless they first see themselves that way in your eyes. Parents, I'm going to hit you today. If you're constantly finding what's wrong with your kids and telling them about it because you think that correcting that behavior constantly is going to help them become everything they should be, you're missing the point. Yes, we need to correct behavior and yes, we need to instruct. But listen, what they need to see in your eyes is that you see the possibilities. You view them the way God does. You love them the way God does. That their limitations are opportunities for growth. That the mistakes they're making now are teaching them lessons. That even the sins that they are committing now are a future testimony. Glory be to God. And they've got to see that in you. Most people can't see that in themselves unless they first see it in a mom who told them that. Or they see it in a dad who told them that and displayed that. Unless they first see it in a boss who believed in them or a pastor who believed in them or a neighbor who spoke positively to them who refused to dwell on their mistakes and saw what they could be instead of what they are. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something today? If no one else looks at you that way, know that the God of heaven is looking at you. He knows every mistake, every failure, every weakness, every problem, but he's cast it all in the sea of forgetfulness because he's dwelling on what could be. He knows he didn't make a mistake. You're not junk. You're not messed up. You're not irredeemable. But with God in your life, you can be anything he wants you to be. Glory to the name of the Lord. I want to close with this thought today. The great Michelangelo who sculpted that masterpiece, David. Everyone has seen a picture of it. Some of you in person. Years ago, the, the Pope asked Michelangelo, what was the secret to his ability to create such a masterpiece as David? And David's answer was this. He said, it's simple. I simply remove all of the rock that is not David. 
there's a hunk of rock and in there is a sculpture of David. And it's my job to see the difference between who is David and the stuff that was just surrounding him and just needs to be removed so that David is exposed. You see, the people that you view in your life every day, the people that you've classified as bad and you've cut off and you think are toxic and you don't want to deal with their issues, you're not really seeing them as God created them. You're seeing the junk that's been put on them. You're seeing the junk of sin and the weight of sin and, and, and the curse of this world and the, just the, the boxing match of life where life just beats you up. What you're seeing is the stuff that's not really them, and you're calling them by that. When Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we regard no one any longer according to that fleshly stuff. That's not who God made them to be. And if you and I ever start seeing them the way God sees them, it will change everything.